Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. We're starting a series on the hurtful things Christians say, and I want to be very clear that the hurtful things that we say are not because we are evil people or we desire to hurt people. The things that we're going to be focusing on in January and February are things that we have probably grown up hearing. They are things that we hear out of Christians of all kinds of denominations, and whether they're clergy or laypersons, we hear people saying these things, and sometimes we hear them so much that they just come out of our mouths as well. And all of them come from a place of good intention. They all come from a desire of God's people to either grant wisdom, to help sustain, to encourage, to support, to illuminate. They come from a good place. But something happens when they come from a good place and they come out through our mouths. And sometimes in the midst of all of this, what is received by the person that hears them is not helpful. Sometimes it's actually hurtful. And in order for us to continue to be people of the word and to grow so that our words are impactful and convey the love and grace of Jesus Christ, it's appropriate for us to think about what we say, to be critical about what we say, and to think if we are uttering these things repeatedly, almost on autopilot, are we thinking about what kind of ramifications and impact it has upon those that hear it? It shapes their theology, and it certainly conveys a theology, even if it's not the theology we intended. And so it's very important for us to take a moment and say, well, what are we saying when we say that? What is it that we're trying to say, and what is accomplished? The first thing that we're going to talk about in this series is that concept that God made you perfect. There are other iterations of this. God created you just as God wanted you. God doesn't make mistakes, these sort of things. And they sound on the surface like good things. That, of course, God created you. I mean, that's the story of all humankind, that God created us and then empowered us to keep creating. And so people procreate. We have been able to make lots of other people. And the difference, though, is that even in the beginning, God crafted the concept of humankind with purpose, with love, and with goodness. Both of the creation stories tell us that when God had finished creating humankind, that God looked upon this and said it is good, that this is a good thing, that I am pleased with what we have. And then from there, empowered humankind to grow, to be fruitful and multiply, and to continue to populate the earth. In the midst of that, things happen, but God's love is constant. In the midst of people having children and continuing to populate the earth with humanity, sometimes things go wrong. And we don't always think about that. I can remember when I was pregnant with my son, people would say to me, well, you know, you always pray for 10 fingers and 10 toes. And I'm thinking, I, I am beyond 10 fingers and 10 toes. Because when I was a student at Northern Virginia Community College working on my associate's degree, I was working my way through school as a medical records file clerk at a gastroenterology office. And this was one of the first gastroenterology offices in the entire uh, area between Maryland, D.C., and Virginia that actually had a staff of multiple pediatric gastroenterologists. And because your digestive system is very complicated and literally very long, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. 
And so people from all over Maryland and well within D.C. Would and even in Virginia would travel to this office in Northern Virginia in order to be seen to have their infants and their children treated by pediatric specialists in gastroenterology. And I can remember the number of children that would come into this office, and most of them looked normal on the outside. But what was on the inside was all kinds of fractured brokenness. Some of them had never developed full bowels that they had gaps or they had things that were wrong with them. Some of them were born with the kind of GI illnesses that are catastrophic and that would change their entire lives. Children with Crohn's disease, children with diverticulitis, children that were suffering from the day of their birth with these kinds of illnesses. And I can remember watching this beautiful family, this mother, she would always come in with her son. He had to have regular checkups. And he would come in, this infant, and he was dressed perfectly. He was like dressed by Baby Gap. This was the most beautiful little child. And her love for this child radiated and just filled any room that she was in. And she would bring him in, and the whole staff would fawn over this beautiful boy. And I can remember one day that the nurse that had taken her back to see the doctor came back and looked very disturbed. Her spirit was just very down and sorrowful. And I said to her, what's, what's wrong? What happened? And she said, well, today is the day that we learned that despite multiple surgeries and testing, that this child is probably not going to live past five. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, a parent that loves this child so much just found out that her kid will be lucky if he's got four more years. And I think about that when I hear people say, God created you just as God wants you. Because there are a number of people that were born with circumstances that were beyond their control, and they suffer because of it. Now, all of us have things that are wrong with us. Some of us are just fortunate that it doesn't appear that way outwardly. Some of us are fortunate that our big crosses to bear and the things that are broken within us are more mental or emotional or spiritual than they are physical. But the reality is that all of us have brokenness. And for people that are suffering from physical brokenness, especially those that were born that way, it can sound very callous and hurtful that God created me to suffer. God created my child with spina bifida. God created my child in such a way that my child doesn't have full intestines. It's a hurtful thing to say, and it can sound very cold-hearted because if you are a loved one or if you yourself have something with which you have been born, then it sounds like, so God doesn't love me? So God doesn't want me to be healthy and whole? Why would God create me this way and create other people so seemingly perfect? And there are a number of us within this body of Christ that have experienced that as we have grown, there were things that were wrong with us genetically that didn't reveal themselves at birth, but they were there. And we know that there's brokenness because as the prophet Isaiah says, there are things that are not right with this world, both from an environmental standpoint, because we have natural evils that occur. The world seems to rebel from creating life and, and perpetuating harmony. And there's natural disasters. There are people that are suffering because they can't get access to clean water. The, where they live in the world doesn't provide that naturally or it doesn't filter itself and so it remains stagnant and polluted. There are people who, because of weather patterns, suffer from drought and famine. And the world is created to provide. It was meant to be a beautiful place where human creation and animal creation could live in peace and harmony with all of the flora 
And yet we live in a world that we know has brokenness in it. There is a time for us to recognize that even though the desire is to say to somebody that God loves you and is with you and knows you, that sometimes what we're actually conveying when we say God created you perfect or God meant you perfect is that we're undercutting that because we're not allowing space for their existence and their suffering. Some people live every day as a struggle because their bodies won't do what they thought they should do or what they were meant to do or what other bodies can do. And in the body of Christ, we may not all suffer from physical brokenness, but we suffer from brokenness. And that common experience should be what unites us. One of the things that I have always mourned in the church is that churches can get exemptions from being ADA compliant, the American Disabilities Act ensures that everybody should be able to have equal access to places, and the government requires this of government buildings, but they will, grant, they will grandfather in churches so that churches can actually be incredible fortresses that make it impossible for people who are experiencing physical brokenness to come in and worship, much less be a part of the body of Christ. And I have always marveled and rejoiced at churches that choose not to use the exemption, that choose to make decisions. This church made a conscientious decision to cut pews to make space for wheelchairs. This church makes decisions to install ramps and to make sure that we have ADA-compliant bathrooms because it's important to us that all of God's people come here. And I rejoice at that. Some of you know that my father is profoundly disabled. He had a catastrophic accident involving his spinal column. He's had innumerable... Uh, procedures and surgeries. He's been fused in over five vertebrae. And my father has had all kinds of ancillary issues from that injury. And it happened when I was so young, I cannot remember ever seeing my father run. I don't ever remember seeing that. And growing up as the child of a disabled person, I have watched his suffering. I have watched how other people make him suffer. I have watched how people have not looked with compassion, but instead have felt it necessary to call him out and to make him feel uncomfortable about his disability. And then because of my ministry in the church, and when you go to seminary and you're in your mid-20s and they appoint you to a church, you knew you were going to be a youth pastor. That was happening. I've served two different churches as a youth pastor, and I have been overwhelmed to be blessed by people that were not born normal. Every one of the youth groups that I led had someone who was profoundly autistic. And some of them, it wasn't just the affect and the way that they interacted, but it was, some of them had phys physical disfigurement. I've had youth groups where we had people with Down syndrome. I have had youth groups where we have had people who were born with spina bifida or cerebral palsy. And to be able to see God speak so clearly, just as the prophet Isaiah is, is staggering. It is miraculous. Because a lot of us, if we found ourselves profoundly disabled, our spirits would crumble. But when I have encountered some of these people that have physical disablement or they have been that way since birth, I am just amazed at what God has done through them and what God has done for me through them. That God has revealed that there is beauty 
and worth and that God is continually with them and redeeming their days and their experiences. What an incredible blessing it has been to be with people that the world says are a burden, that the world at one time said we should just lock them away and institutionalize them. But the church is a place that says all of us are broken. Some of us just look more broken than others. But the older I get, the more I'm aware that these bodies fail. And some days they fail us a lot more than others. And some days as we get older, we're, we recognize that all of the freedoms that we enjoyed as children or teenagers or young adults, we took for granted. And to have to learn how to live with aches and pains or how, how to learn how to live with a, a body that is, in some cases, rapidly deteriorating because of illness or disease or genetic deformity, all of these things affect us. And as the church, the body of Christ, we need to start responding with compassion to people. And if we are going to continue to utter something that makes someone feel like God has targeted them for pain and suffering, I don't know about you, but that's not the God that I serve. That's not the God that has loved me and that has redeemed me. I serve a God that says that this world is not right, that your body, your mind, your heart, and your spirit are not what I intended, but I am with you and I will bring transformation. We hear that in the prophet Isaiah. His words are so powerful that the blind will see, the deaf shall hear, the lame shall leap like a deer. My God, I want to see that for my father. I want to see him leap like a deer. There was a child that was born right around the same time that my son was born at my last church. And I can remember going through this pregnancy and being in the midst of full-time ministry. And the mom was a Navy wife and she was going through her multiple pregnancies. She's been through multiple pregnancies and this was my first. And both of us were getting large and in charge and going through that. And I will never forget the day that she came to me and she said, we found out that the child has spina bifida. And I, I just remember the antithesis of what it says in the, the Gospels about when Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist and encountered Mary, who was pregnant already with Jesus, and that the child in Elizabeth's womb leapt with joy from being near Jesus. I felt like my entire body crumbled with fear for her, being afraid for what this child was going to experience. And I have watched this child grow. I have seen the struggles of this child, learning to walk with braces and double canes has been an epic battle for this child, who is the same age as my child. But God has been with that child every day. And sometimes it is more apparent when God is manifest in other people who love and support them. And so instead of saying God created him perfect and very broken and disabled, it's a beautiful thing when the body of Christ is able to say in words and in actions that God knows him and loves him and God has called us to know and love him too. And that God wants us to be with him and for him and with you as you are with and for him. That he will never be alone, he will never be abandoned. Because this family, like so many families, 
has to fear what will happen when the parents die. Who will love him? Who will care for him? Who will ensure that he is okay? The body of Christ will. God in human form, Jesus Christ in human hearts, will love and care for that child and countless others. Because we don't believe that people who are suffering in body, mind, spirit, or emotion should be cast aside and rejected. Because God didn't cast aside and reject us. Instead, God sent us words of encouragement, declaring God's love and God's intention. And until some people, like my father or Griffin with spina bifida, until they see the day when all of this is transformed, we will be there to remind them that God is with them and for them. And so are we. That is what we strive for. Because the prophet pr reminds us that everything will change. Everything will change. And the most beautiful part are the final words of chapter 35. The ransomed of the Lord shall return. And they will come to Zion, the holy city, with singing. Everlasting joy will be upon their heads like crowns. And they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Some of us spend every day in sorrow and sighing. But God promises us that joy and gladness and everlasting joy will be ours. There are people in this world that need to hear that and feel it and experience it now so that they will hold on, so that they will cling to Jesus Christ and the faith and salvation of the cross, and they will make it through all of the trials and the tribulations of living in this world. And we are the ones that God has chosen to go forth and speak these words of truth to them, to show them that there is love and compassion in the world because of Jesus Christ, and to remind them that they aren't just with us, they are us. May it be so. Thanks be to God and hallelujah for God's presence with us and for us, all of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.